All right, Ken. Amen. Well, we're going to have Bible study tonight. And um, first I want to pray Pastor Good Luck tonight. Father God, we lift up Pastor Good Luck to you right now. We ask, Father, that you just minister your grace to him. Wherever he is, Lord, just bless him. Bless his family. Thank you, Father, that he's a great man of God. That you're using him in a mighty way. We thank you, Father, for continuing to use him in Jesus' name. Pray tonight, Lord, uh, over this message. Pray, Father, that you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. There's no way we can understand anything without the Holy Spirit's help. To the eyes of our understanding. Father, so we know the hope of your calling. But the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. Send an anointing tonight, Father. Causes yokes to be destroyed and burdens to be removed. Glorify yourself by way of your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Tonight's lesson is entitled, How to Exercise Jesus' Faith. How to Exercise Jesus' Faith. I want to begin tonight in uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 51. And this is the Lord Jesus talking. He says here in verse 51, Suppose you that I am come to give peace on the earth. I tell you no, but rather division. Jesus came to divide mankind. That's what he's saying. A lot of people think that he, he, he came to bring peace. But he actually he came to bring division. Jesus came to give birth to a new species of being. That's what he did. On the cross of Calvary, the new birth, he birthed into existence a new species of being. He came to usher in a new generation. That's what the church is. We're a new generation. That's us. We are his work. He came to divide the supernatural people from the natural people. It's time the church starts acting like who we are because division is God's perfect will. When I say division, I simply mean we must understand what the new birth has done for us. It's caused us to receive the divine nature of God. Those who are not born again don't have that. They have not re been regenerated, but we have. But the only way that we're going to really live out the power of that is if we exercise the faith in what God says concerning the new birth and concerning the reality of the resurrected Christ and our union with him. It's our responsibility 
to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the Christ in us. As we meditate on the truth, as we allow God's word to take hold of us, as we believe what the word says in spite of the natural circumstances. This is our portion, a supernatural life. The Bible says that we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But they're only new to those people who accept what Jesus says concerning the new birth and the power of it. It's up to us to hear the word of God because faith comes by hearing. And it's up to us to accept what he says, no matter how it sounds to our natural minds. And the faith of Jesus is available for anybody who believe for it. The power of the risen Christ is our inheritance. And as we go through this lesson tonight, I don't know how far, far along we're going to get, but allow the Spirit of God to reveal to you the Christ in you and your union with him. And then you'll see that greater is he that's in you than he who is in the world, that it's really true. And that no weapon formed against you can prosper. And that you can have victory after victory after victory in this life, not just in the one to come. Because that's the perfect will of God for you and I. If we'll receive the instruction of the Holy Spirit. Now I want to go to John chapter 17. And I want to look at verse 16. John 17, verse 16. And this is the Lord Jesus praying to God the Father. He's having a conversation with his Father. And he's talking about the church. He's talking about you and I. He says to his Father, they are not of this world, of the world, even as I am not of the world. He makes a, a statement there that we have to get a hold of. You and I in Christ Jesus are not ordinary. We have to believe that. We have to accept that. We have access to another realm. We have access to the Holy of Holies. That's our portion. The ability through the Holy Spirit to walk in heavenly places, to live in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, even while we're on the earth. We have two addresses, the earth and the heavens. It's up to us to believe and accept that. Ephesians chapter 2 bears that out. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. He had raised us up together, talking about you and I, right now. Right now, we've been raised up in our spirits in Christ Jesus. He raised us up together. When, did, when were we raised together? When Jesus was raised from the dead. We were God in the mind of God, which is, again, the only mind that counts. We were, in, in the mind of God, we were raised up with Christ Jesus. And made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The believer has to get a revelation of that. So real. That he understands that nothing in this world can stop him 
or her from receiving the inheritance. The full inheritance. The things that we are not receiving simply because we don't understand our position. And I feel, I felt in praise and worship this afternoon, a militancy rising up in the spirits of God's people. A desire to walk in the blessings of God. A desire to fulfill the eternal purpose of Jesus Christ in the earth. As praise and worship was going on, I saw people getting set free and starting to declare who they are in Christ. And believe in what the word says. And making a decision that they're going to be everything that the Bible says they can be. Not only in the age to come, but in this age we're living in right now. We are that generation. We are the church of the living Jesus. And our portion is this, what I'm talking about tonight. Raised up together with him. Made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Ruling and reigning in Christ Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Free from fear. The chains have indeed come out for you, brother. That's your portion. You received it by faith. That, that's supposed to be our everyday life. Walking on the devil. Pastor Goodluck has been teaching a, a series on power and authority. I've been, I've been blessed by those messages on Wednesday night. Because that is our portion, if we'll only believe. Jesus goes on to say, in John 17, verse 17, talk, again talking to his father, sanctify them through thy truth. That word sanctify simply means to be set apart for the purposes of God. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. What he's saying is this. Father, set them apart through your truth, through, through your reality. Truth where God is concerned, is his reality. It supersedes all natural facts. God's truth supersedes all sickness because the Bible says you've been healed by the stripes of Jesus. The Bible has, says that we've been delivered from poverty. That's the truth. Jesus has delivered us from all poverty and all of the curse. That's our portion. Let's go to John chapter uh, 8. John chapter 8. Verse 32. Very important right here what I'm about to say. Jesus says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. He says, you got to know the truth, though. It has to be, the truth has to become intimate with you. You and I have to allow the word of God to have first place in our life to such a degree that we believe every word. That we, that we are people of the word. That we are people who only trust only in the word and not in our natural circumstances. If we're going to operate in the faith of Jesus, we're going to have to take God at his word. He said, you're going to know the truth, and the truth that you know, it'll make you free. It has the power to make you free, if you'll believe it, if you'll start speaking it, if you'll start acting on it. And not just be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. 
Those are the people who are blessed, who act on this word. Who stand and haven't done our stand, even though it looks like nothing has changed. You made a decision that I'm going to stand on this book no matter what. This is the faith of Jesus Christ. That, by the way, it's already on the inside of you. What has to happen, though, is you have to believe that that power is on the inside of you. You have to believe what the Word of God says in spite of everything that you're going. We all have challenges. We all have Goliaths. But every Goliath is meant to be defeated by the child of God because you are not ordinary. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh you. That's your promise. Psalms 91. God's word will work. But we have to believe it. We have to put, put, uh, put it in our mouth. We got to start speaking it out of our mouth. That's where the power lies. So Jesus says, the word has set us free. Let's go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. The Bible says, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty. That's the word of God. The perfect law of liberty is the word of God. It's the delivering word. The word of God has the power to deliver you. It has the power to set you free from every bondage. Every single time when you activate it by faith. But whosoever looking to the perfect law of liberty and continue with therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Those are the people who act on this word. Who believe in spite of how they feel. Who believe in spite of what their circumstances are screaming to them. They've made a decision that they're going to act on that word. They're going to act on the perfect law of liberty and trust in it. This is the faith of Jesus. Let's go to Joshua chapter 1. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That's the key. That's the key. It's meditation on the Word of God. Very few people really do it on a regular basis. But that's the key from taking you from the pit to the palace. That's the key from taking you out of that situation that you're in into the victory that God has for you. Is you meditating on what the Word says. Because as you meditate on the word, it becomes more real to you. And you and the giants that you are facing become smaller as you meditate on truth. So it's important if we're going to operate in the faith of Jesus that we meditate on the word of God on a consistent basis. We have to uh, expose ourselves to truth in order for truth to become real to us, in order for it to become a reality to us. And the truth is, most Christians don't do that on a regular basis. We meditate on the fear. We meditate on the things that we see until those things that we see become more real than the Word. So it's important that if you're going to walk in the faith of Jesus 
and exercise that type of faith, you're going to have to do like Jesus did and keep his eyes, keep your eyes on the word of God. Let's go back to John 17, verse 18. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I also send them into the world. Now, when God sent Jesus into the world, he sent him well-equipped. He gave him everything that he needed to walk in victory in the earth. Well, God's not going to send you into the world without that same equipment. He's given to us everything that we need to have victory just like Jesus did when Jesus walked the earth. So it's important that we recognize that God doesn't have to do anything else for us because in the new covenant, we've already been, received everything that we'll ever need to have victory in this life. Okay? You have to believe that. You have to understand that. Let's look at uh, John 17, verse 22. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. So that glory that God the Father gave to Jesus Christ, that same glory has been given to us. We have to believe that. We have to believe that the glory that Jesus Christ received when he was raised from the dead, that same glory, is, it belongs to us as an inheritance. Paul believed that. The apostle Paul believed that. That's why he was able to walk in, in victory. That's why he was able to have such a dynamic Christian experience. Let's go to Galatians chapter 2. He says here, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. So Paul identified with the death of Jesus Christ. He identified with the death of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He saw himself, he saw the old man go into the grave, and he saw his, the new man raised up in victory. He says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. It became a revelation to him that Christ, the living Christ, was living on the inside of him at that moment. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. You see that? He says, I'm living by the faith of the Son of God. The very faith that Jesus Christ used when he was on the earth, Paul was saying that that same faith he was living by. He had access to it. And he was willing to use it. He was willing to believe what the New Testament said concerning the resurrection power of Jesus Christ and its availability to him. Has he exercised his faith for it? That's why when Paul ministered, signs and wonders followed him. That's why when Paul ministered, demons came out because he was exercising the very faith that Jesus Christ used when Jesus Christ was on the earth. How many of y'all know that's your portion today? That same faith, that same belief system is yours if you'll only recognize it and accept it. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Glory to God. So Paul only identified with Christ. 
Paul had to become so united with Jesus that Jesus' faith was not operating in his life. You say, well, how was this possible? How did Paul get to the place where that was something that he was experiencing in his Christian life? Let's go to Philippians chapter 2, and we'll see. Paul said this, he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Paul had so meditated on truth. He had so meditated on the reality of the word of God that the mind of Christ was now his. He thought the, thought, the, the thoughts of Jesus Christ. He had Jesus' mind. It was a reality to him. That's your portion. The mind of Jesus Christ. You can think the thoughts of Jesus Christ because you are united with him. That's how God sees you. You're seated with him. Remember what the word said. We're seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you, including his mind. If you'll allow the Holy Spirit to do this, he will communicate the life of Jesus Christ to your natural mind. And then nothing will be impossible to you as you meditate on the victory of the cross and the benefits of it. Okay? But again, very few Christians really experience that because they're not willing to pay the price of renewing that mind. Of allowing the Spirit of God to paint the picture of victory on the inside of them. Of, of, of revealing to them the resurrected Jesus, and their union with him. That it's the reality in the mind of God, which is, by the way, again, is the only mind that, that counts. It's God's mind and his thoughts and how he sees you. Now, again, Jesus said, uh, you're not of the world. So when you try to explain what I'm talking about to natural folk, they're going to reject it. But people who are filled with the Spirit, and who have an understanding of who they are in Christ and what the victory of the cross has given to them, it'll become something that, that they receive readily and that they'll appreciate and that they'll walk in when they act on these things is what I'm talking about today. The faith of Jesus is available to you if you'll only believe it and trust God for it. Let this mind be in you, which was first in Christ Jesus. In other words, you got to let it happen. It's not just going to happen automatically. It's something that I have to do in terms of Bible study, in terms of getting along with God and allowing him to speak to me concerning the victory of the cross. That prayer that Pastor Goodluck was telling us about last week in the book of Ephesians, it'll do us good to memorize that prayer. Or to, or to look, and look it up in the Bible and to pray it over our lives. That God will give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That he'd open up the eyes of our understanding so that we would know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, every name that is named. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. That's your portion if you'll believe it. 
If you'll meditate on it long enough, the Holy Spirit will paint the picture of victory. And you'll rule and reign with Jesus Christ, not only in this age, but in the age to come. Hallelujah. But we have to, we have to realize that these things are possible for us in this life. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit wants to, wants to take us places, but we have to be willing to go. Romans 12 and 2. Thank you, Lord. Be not conformed to this world. Don't let carnal people tell you what can't be done. Don't let folk who are used to flowing in the natural tell you what can't be done in the supernatural through the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Hallelujah. As you renew your mind to what, what belongs to you in Christ Jesus. Jesus put it this way. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Hallelujah. But we have to become uh, radical enough to believe what the Word says in spite of everything that we're going through. And, my, and by the way, when you start getting a revelation of these things, that's when the devil really comes against you. That's when he, all hell will, will usually break, break loose in your life. Because what he's trying to do is drive you back to that natural. To keep you in the boat. But Peter asked Jesus, was it okay for him to walk in the supernatural? And all Jesus told him was, come. Come. Come do the impossible. The same Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You say, Lord, I want to come out there where you are. Here, all he's going to do is say, come. He won't deny you. Men will. Men will tell you what's not possible. But Jesus, he'll always say, come. That's your portion. This is your portion. Come on. Walk with me. Hallelujah. Be with me. Live with me. Hallelujah. I'll take it. He'll take you places that your natural mind cannot conceive. If we'll only believe. This is the faith of Jesus. This is why he was so, so dynamic in his earth walk. Because he believed what the Father told him. He believed that what God had, had placed in his spirit was real and it was relevant to his generation. And that he was sent to make a difference in his generation, no matter how impossible it looks. He is one of a kind. Amen. But he's not one of a kind anymore because he's multiplied himself through us. I say he's multiplied himself through us, the church. He's the head, hallelujah, with the body. You've got to believe that. You've got to believe that you, you are truly the body of Christ. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. Glory to God. I tell you, you know, this is what gets me going. When I start seeing what Jesus has done for us and what the cross has afforded us. And I get along with God and he starts speaking to me and telling me the things I want you to uh, receive that a lot of people are going to try to talk you out of, but don't you let them talk you out of it. Because my word has promised you 
a divine life. The Bible says we are divine partakers, hallelujah, of his nature. We can partake of his divine nature. That's our portion. Glory to God. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The perfect will of God for you and I is Genesis 1 and 26. Dominion in the earth. That's his perfect will. Jesus understood it. That's why when he walked the earth, he understood his purpose and he understood God's eternal purpose for mankind. And he operated in it. That's why when he spoke to the seas... And to the earth, the earth obeyed him because he knew who he was and he knew what he was sent to do. The church has an identity problem. That's, that's our problem. We got an identity problem. We don't understand who we are in Christ. The whole creation, the Bible says, is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. For those who understand what the cross has done for them, and the power of the Holy Spirit that's, that's on the inside of them that's able to move mountains for the glory of God. But we have to, our minds have got to be renewed. We've got to start thinking like Jesus thinks. We've got to start using his faith. Galatians chapter 1. Paul says, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, and then he called me by his grace. Now, I want you to see that this, this, this afternoon. He called us by his grace. All this, what I'm talking about today, is by the grace of God. We don't deserve any of it. I say we don't deserve any of it. It's unmer the unmerited favor of God. He's, he's done this simply because he wants to do it. And he's God, so he can do whatever he wants to do. So Paul said, he called me by his grace, his unmerited favor. All these things are by grace through faith. Next verse. And the purpose of it was to reveal his son in me. My God in heaven, church, we need to get hold of that. He said, all this happened so that God would reveal the son of God in him. Again, you got to travel. You got to understand where I'm coming from the spiritual uh, perspective. The Son of God in him, the, the Holy Spirit had revealed to Paul the Christ in him. And it changed his life. It revolutionized his life. And it revolutionized his thinking. And he was able now to communicate Christ to others. And to tell them the same victory that he was experiencing in his spirit, they could experience it also. If they only believed. And accept what the Bible says concerning their union with the risen Savior. To reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen. And he said immediately, I conferred not with flesh and blood. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't confer with flesh and blood because most people would have rejected what he was talking about. The revelation that Paul had, natural thinking people, they wouldn't receive it. It's the same true today. Most of the Bible... Even in the church, natural thinking people don't, don't, they don't want to have anything to do with it. They don't think it's possible. But I thank God that I, I'm, I don't belong to a church like that. I belong to a church that, that people believe the written word of God, the full gospel. Hallelujah. 
If it's in the book, I'm going to believe it. If God said it, I'm going to believe it. I don't care if nobody else experienced it, I'm still going to believe it. Because he said so. Amen. Let's go to John chapter 14. He says, and at that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. That's the type of stuff we need to meditate on. The Christ in us. He said, at that day, you're going to know it. Because the Holy Spirit is going to speak it to you. Now, the only problem is, will we believe what the Holy Spirit tells us concerning the Christ in us? And the ability of God now in us. Again, the new birth causes you not to be ordinary anymore. You're not ordinary anymore. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things have indeed passed away. All things, the Bible says, have become new. You now have the, the power of the Spirit of God to make spiritual transactions out of the spirit realm into the natural realm. That's why, all, by, by the way, that's why all your, all your blessings are. They're in spirit form. And the only way that they're going to manifest in the natural is if you understand enough, I understand how to make that spiritual connection with God and bring those spiritual blessings into the natural. Well, they'll do, do us some good, some natural good. He said, and Jesus said, in that day, you'll know it. You'll know that I'm in you. And you'll experience what I experienced when I walked the earth. A power with the Father based on faith in me. That's what he's saying. Access into the Holy of Holies. That's your portion. John 14 and 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Is it, is it in the book? <laughs> he said, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Because Jesus has gone to the Father and represents us at the right hand of God Almighty, now we have access into the dominion power of Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. He says that you can do the same works I do if you'll believe. If you'll only act on who you are. And if you'll receive my identity in you. Hallelujah. John 14 and 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. That's the key. Jesus, his faith was in the Father's ability. His faith was in the Father's ability to work through him. And that is the only way that Jesus' power will flow through us. If we believe in what I'm talking about tonight, in terms of Jesus in us, his power working through us. We are not the source of this power. 
The source of the power is God Almighty. Jesus understood that. He said, it's the Father in me that, do, that doeth the works. Gave all the glory to the, to the Father. That's what we must do. We must give all the glory to Jesus Christ, and then, the, then there's nothing that he won't do through us. If we'll only give him the praise. That's why this treasure is in earthen vessels, that the glory would not be of us, but be of God. Man, if we could see what we look like in the spirit realm, because the devil can see it. And he's, he, he, he's afraid of you. you. You just don't know it. I mean, a church full of people like this, the devil is afraid of you. Because greater is he that's in you than he who's in the world. He believes that. But does the church. That's why we got to pray that prayer in Ephesians. Over and over and over again. Until the Holy Spirit gives us understanding concerning who we are in Christ. The hope of his calling. Hallelujah. And we start experiencing, we start walking in it, we start acting on it. And we stop talking defeat. Stop talking like a natural person. Because you're not natural. Put the word of God in your mouth. Because it is indeed the sword of the spirit. Do we believe that? Do we really believe that the word of God is the sword of the spirit? Because if we really did, we speak it more. And we see the effectiveness of it in our lives. John 5 and 30. Again, this is key. I can of my own self do nothing, see? Of ourselves, we can't do these things. See, we in ourselves cannot do anything. But with him, there's nothing that will be impossible. He is the vine, we are the branches. As long as we stay connected to him, we can receive his life. We can receive his faith, and the mountains in our lives will have to obey us in Christ Jesus' name. My God. It was his faith in the Father that did it. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 18. Isaiah looking forward to the life of Jesus and what he would be doing through the church. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord had given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel and from the Lord's, Lord of hosts, which dwelleth in Mount Zion. Zion means, means the church. Anytime you see Zion in the Old Testament, it's talking about the church. But the Bible says, I and the children whom the Lord had given me are for signs and for wonders. Signs and wonders need to follow us because the Bible says so. There's coming a day when they're going to be bringing dead folk through those doors. Amen. Do we really believe that, though? They're going to be bringing them from the mortuary because the power of God is going to be so evident in the church and folk are going to be being raised from the dead on a regular basis in the body of Christ. There's coming a day when sick people, everybody is going to be healed that comes through the door seeking healing from Jesus because the church has got the revelation of what we're talking about tonight. 
and it's not foreign to them. A lot of things that I'm talking about tonight, they're foreign to a lot of people simply because they have, their, our minds have not been renewed to this. But again, the key is meditation. The key is allowing the word of God to get in you so that you'll have the boldness at those times when you have to act. Amen. So the scriptures that I'm talking about tonight, start meditating on them. Start looking them up in your concordance. Look it up in the Greek. Look it up in the Hebrew. Do whatever you got to do. But get this revelation because this is your portion, what I'm talking about tonight. A lot of things that we're praying about, God doesn't want us praying about it. He wants us to take authority over those things in Jesus' name. told Moses, why are you crying to me? I've given you the rod. Act on it. Same thing he's telling the church. Why are you coming to me? Behold, I give you power over to shred on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. He says, I've already given you the power. Act on it. Amen. Every time we get a doctor's report that's negative, we, 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 get, we get, become afraid when all we have to do is rebuke that thing in Jesus' name. Amen. I mean, I've had, to, I've had to rebuke stuff off of my body within the last couple of months because I know what God is doing in Calvary is, is making a difference. And the devil sees it. And, and the enemy attacked my body. And you know what? God said, you know what? You don't have to do anything but rebuke that in my name. That thing will have to obey you. And as I started acting on those things, I started seeing those things manifest. Devil has to back up, man. A lot of things don't have to be the way we think they have to be. If we just act on this word. Speak to your body. You got something, a malady in your body, speak to it. Again, the natural man will speak to it. No, speak to it. In Jesus' name, it will obey you. Amen. That pain that, that, that keeps coming in your body, speak to it in Jesus' name. Pain, I speak to you. Leave my body in Jesus' And guess what? It'll, it'll happen. You'll start seeing it obey you. Amen. This is our portion. Speak to your bank account. Yeah, speak to it. Tell it to be full and overflowing. My God meets all my needs in abundance according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thousands for me, thousands for the kingdom of God. Somebody say, yeah. Now, see, he went too far. No, that, I haven't went far enough. That's your portion. Jesus says, speak to the mountain. He knows what he's talking about. This I'm talking about operating in the faith of Jesus, right? He knows what he's talking about. Trying to figure these things out with our natural mind. Well, how did that work? No, just act on it. And you'll see change. Glory to God. Now, I'm going to close here in Ephesians 1 and 18. This is that prayer that Pastor Goodluck was talking about last week. And I, I tell you, this is the key to you understanding what I'm talking about tonight. This is the key whereby the Holy Spirit gives you revelation concerning 
the Christ in you and the dominion in you through Jesus Christ. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, God opens your, your spiritual eyes concerning the victory of the cross. That's what that is. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. That you may know what God expects out of you in the earth. The thing that God wants you to do in the earth. That you'll know what he expects with this great calling. And he has an expectation for you and I to walk in victory, to rule and reign in the earth in Christ Jesus. That's his expectation for the church. That you may know what the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. Takes revelation. Only, the only one that can reveal that to you is the Holy Spirit. And as you get along with him and, and allow him to speak to your heart. And, and here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. When he speaks to your heart, he's going to speak things that sound impossible to your natural mind. Don't reject it, though. Receive it. No matter how outlandish it sounds to your carnal mind, receive it. And let him give birth to it. Amen. Let him plant that seed so that seed can grow and so that he can give birth to the supernatural in you. Some of you are called in the body of Christ to great, all of us are called to greatness, but some of you are called to, to be missionaries, to be evangelists, to be pastors. And I'm not talking about regular, ordinary evangelists and missionaries. and pastors. I'm talking about supernaturally charged pastors who are going to create havoc in hell. The devil is trembling tonight because what you're hearing tonight is your calling. Hallelujah. Your true calling in Christ Jesus in terms of your acceptance of the victory of that cross and the fullness of it. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? My God in heaven, we need to get a hold of that. The exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. That's talking about a power that your natural mind can't comprehend. That's talking about something that exceeds. Think about greatness where God is concerned. The Bible says exceed the exceeding greatness. Let that roll around in your mind for a while. That's talking about resurrection power, man. Not talking about when you get there. It's in you right now. We just haven't understood it. We just haven't re recognized it. Just haven't sat still long enough to allow the Holy Ghost to tell us these things. That's why fear, you, you, we don't have no reason to fear in this world because of what I'm talking about tonight. Verse 20. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. It's already done. It's already done. Stand to your feet. Now, typically, when you hear teaching like this, the enemy will try to come with contradictory circumstances, try to contradict what you heard. But what needs to happen now, if you're serious, God will take you to the next level. But what needs to happen now is you need to fortify yourself in Christ. Because it's only the 
Spirit of God that, that can give you the power to overcome those contradictions. So my prayer tonight is that he will strengthen you with might by his spirit in your inner man. Christ will dwell in your hearts by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love would be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and that you would know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. That you would be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, Father, under you who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that's at work within us. Unto you, Father, be glory in your church. By Christ Jesus, throughout all ages, Father, world without end. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Fruitfulness and prosperity is your portion. You may be dismissed. Amen. at his voice trembles at his